Welcome back, everyone, to Pencils and Lipstick. This is episode 215 of the podcast. I'm Kat Caldwell, as usual. And today we have a guest. I'm just loving all these guests. I'm having such a good time speaking with them and hearing what they have to say about writing and publishing and books in the world. And it's just, it's pretty amazing. I'm having a good time, and I hope that you're having a good time as well. Today I have Lynn Galadner on the podcast and we are going to talk about so many things, but I think that this conversation really centers around voice and identity and giving ourselves the encouragement as writers to put our worldview on the page and our identity on the page. And Lynn is going to talk a lot about that because as she started writing her first book, Woman of Valor, which came out in 2023 in September, she really put on that page and in that story, her Jewish heritage, even though it's a character who's not identical to Lynn at all. And I find that really amazing and really encouraging. And what I would love for you guys to take from this conversation that I have with her is to to dig deeper into who you are and who you want to be in 2024 and be brave to put that in your story. I think, as I say to Lynn, I think that the stories that really resonate with us are written by authors who are not afraid of the values that they hold and not afraid of putting that on the page. And I know that this has sort of been this theme, right, with the with the guests that I've had on, and it has not been on purpose. It's just, um, it's just happened that way. And so I think that that is something that we should pay attention to, like this idea of voice and being strong in who you are and what you believe and how you see the world and, and allowing that on our page. Because in this sort of contentious social media, life that we live a lot of times it can feel safer to be lukewarm and sit on the fence and not show who you are as the author in in your stories and i think that's a mistake but you let me know what you think you can argue with me about this <laughs> on instagram at catcaldwell.author or pencils and lipstick all spelled out you can send me a tiktok at pencils lipstick or cat caldwell author um you can even find me on twitter pencils lipstick but um yeah i'm rarely there and thread has never worked for me i don't know what's going on over there i can't post i can't like ever like ever i've never been able to do it if there if it claims that i've posted i mean i don't know it it tells me that it hasn't gone through but you can also join my writing newsletter or my readers newsletter you can send me a message uh, at catcaldwell.com let me know what you think about my thoughts on being brave and putting your ideas out there um through your story if you disagree with me i'd love to hear from you (laughs) so we are going to talk to lynn i think that you're really going to enjoy this interview Her last name is Glodner, G-O-L-O-D-N-E-R. So just in case you're running or driving or whatever, lynngladner.com. Of course, the links are in the show notes. You can find everything about her on her website. I'll also have links to the book uh, as well. And since Lynn is being asked to speak, I encourage you to go out and see if she's going to speak near you, especially if you're in the Midwest. She's in Michigan. 
um, see if she's going to speak near you. And wouldn't that be fun to hear an author speak? That used to happen before COVID, right? I used to go on and listen to authors speak. So, okay, without further ado, before we get into the podcast, into the interview, of course, if you guys can like and review the podcast, that would be great. Please share it with people who you think are going to love it or who are writers as well. And definitely check out Lynn's podcast. It's called Make Meaning Podcast. Check that out as well right after this conversation with Lynn. So before we get into like my very first question, would you tell people a little bit about who you are? Yeah, so I'm Lynn Galadner. I've always been a writer since I was a little girl. And I am the author of nine books, um, thousands of articles and essays in magazines, newspapers, and literary journals. I'm also a writing coach. Um, I teach a lot of writing classes. I am a marketing expert and I am a podcast host. My podcast is the Make Meaning Podcast. So let's, my, my first question for you, because there, there's like so many things that you do, um, <laughs> what we have quite a few different coaches on here because we, we talk a lot about indie writing, indie publishing, because that's my area. And then, of course, a lot of people are traditionally published. And um, there's like I've had a couple different book coaches on here and I myself am certified. But you call yourself a writing coach, which is a little bit different. So or is it different? I don't know. Would you tell us what you mean by that? Yes. So I do both writing coaching and author coaching. Okay. There might be book coaching within that, but it's not like book coaching is specifically to get a book done mm -hmm. or plan out a book. Okay. Um, I start way before that because so many writers who are part of my programs um, are just looking for the confidence to believe in themselves as writers. Mm -hmm. And there's such rhetoric out there for so much of our lives that says writing is a nice little hobby, but you can't make any money at it and yes. why should you pursue it so yes. we all sort of relegate it to the shadows for so many years until we get to a point where we say no i really really want to write right and yet those voices are in our heads and so i do a lot of unlearning i guess i would say and help people <laughs> find the confidence to believe in themselves to to believe that they can write yeah. and it's a worthwhile pursuit and that they could even build an author career at it okay so there's a lot of confidence building in the coaching that I do, um, working on the craft of writing. So it, that could be a book or it could be a you know a series of poems or it could be an essay um, or a short story. And then we I, I work with authors all the way through like how to get published. So right. that could be submitting poems to literary journals or it could okay. be putting a manuscript together, which would be the book coaching. And then it would be how do you want to publish? So like you oh. said earlier, indie publishing or it could be querying and finding an agent and going the traditional route um, right. but it's really about believing in themselves enough to envision a career that they're going yeah. to be happy with and that they might be able to build a volume of work over time and yeah. so I think that's what's special about the coaching that I do yeah it's very well-rounded it's not just focusing on one one thing part of writing because I think we do sometimes forget about those literary journals they're still out there and like if you yeah. write short stories or poetry there there are avenues <laughs> to get published right yeah and I write a lot of creative nonfiction essays even though I'm okay. writing novels I do that simultaneously and it just sort of builds up you know my exposure my name 
Right. my credibility and you never know i might do a collection of essays at some point yeah and then i can say they were all published before so there's a lot um i mean frankly writing creative nonfiction essays is a marketing path for authors too because mm-hmm. then people are like wow this was interesting let me check out what she's written and then they look for your books and things like that so um part of the coaching that i do it's it's really the whole thing from the beginning all the way through. And so even if they're working on a book and then they're working on publishing it, um, there's all the marketing, there's all the being out in the world and how do you have a social media presence and whatever. So that is part of it too. It's really like the whole journey of the author and really trying to bring their dreams into reality. So it's a lot of fun. Yes. I, I really like that. I've had a couple of guests on in 2024 that we were talking about this before, just like that has sort of been this theme of writing who like all parts of your creativity. Right. So like, and not being afraid. Cause I think that there's, or like squashing it, maybe it's not being afraid, but like squashing it. Cause it's like, Oh, I found success in this genre, or I am going to do it like this because that's what they say I should do because romantic thrillers are making a you know comeback or whatever and it's it's possible like you said to find avenues to to voice that creativity and just have all of your different writing genres and ways out there and i i think it's really great and i think that we should be reminded not to like squash that you know absolutely i mean i i I really think that however you want to publish is valid and whatever you want to shoot for, you should go for it. Even if yeah. it's not a traditional, you know, path or description, you don't fit into a specific category. It might be harder to market you, but you can do it. And if you believe in it, you know, why not go for it? So this self-belief is at the root of a successful publishing career. And I think that you have to start with that or you're not going to go anywhere, no matter how you publish. You have to believe That's in yourself. That's true. That's true. I think this this believing in yourself, and I wonder if it had, I was talking to another author friend of mine and she was like, you know, there are, she was talking about this author. She was like, you know, she had worked really hard. She wrote this book. And what struck her was like, she was just so proud of her book. And she was like, yeah. I want to be like that. Like, I want to not you know, feel every criticism or every review that's not, you know, like getting into your head. Like it's, it's a lot about confidence, isn't it? It's like bringing that forward. And do you help people with that in, as part of this coaching as well? Absolutely. I mean, so much of, you know, our, our lack of self-belief comes Mm -hmm. from depending on outside sources to give us validation. And we all, we all look for that, you know, our whole lives. We want to know that our parents approve of us, our teachers or whatever. Um, And that's a story we're told from a very young age. But the truth is that so many other people's opinions of you often have nothing to do with you. They're often Mm -hmm. about that person. And so it's important to train yourself to be able to tune out the voices, both the good and the bad. So people can say they love your book and they can say they hate it, but does it have to do with you? Really? You know, so yeah. it, it's, it's, I love the validation. I love when people say they love my books, but yes, of course we can't help, but like, like that. I mean, yeah, it's human, right? For sure. For sure. <laughs> but like, if you, if your self, I guess, identity rides on mm. external validation, it, you're going to be riding a roller coaster. You know, yeah. um, my book that came out in September of 2023, Woman of Valor, I've had one negative review at knock on wood. I'm hoping that there aren't any more. Um, but 
the review was, um, oh, there's too much food in this book. That was the negative review. <laughs> I mean, like, I kind of laughed at it and I'm like, I can live with that. That's cool. Yeah, but that's... like, why did you waste your time giving me that review? Like, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like that has nothing to do with me at yeah. all, you know? Well, let's, well, let's talk about your book. What brought you to write Woman of Valor? Well, Woman of Valor is my ninth book, but my first novel. And okay. I started, well, I actually wrote a, another novel first that is in a drawer that will probably always live there. It's we like, all have God, one of those. <laughs> light of day, yes. But um, Woman of Valor, I started writing in 2011 and I stalled after about 60 pages okay. and I came back to it in 2021. And I think um, I've really been trying to write fiction for about 25 years. And I just don't think my writing skills were mature enough to get there. Like I had books of poetry and books of nonfiction that were pretty easy for me because I had a journalism career okay. and then a marketing career. And that's all, they're short, they're contained, they're mm. researched and interviews. And so um, I found those much easier, but I needed to mature in my patience and in my, my voice to write fiction. And so Woman of Valor, when I went back to it in 2021, it was sort of like a midlife crisis like am I really a writer am I going to do this thing or is it always going to be in the shadows that's so funny that you thought that you had eight books <laughs> you're like we still I know I know but they were they were always on the side of things you yeah, know and like yeah. I never made money at it I never even thought about making money at it so I was like nope writing's going to be front and center like I still okay. am going to do other things okay. but you know, I'm going to teach writing I'm going to have marketing clients but but my writing is going to start each day and I'm going to focus on creating a volume of work and um, put out novels like year after year. Yeah. And so, so I liked the bones of the story, but I thought it needed to be totally redone. Okay. And I sat about, I set about writing it and it's, um, it's an interesting story. It's about a young woman who chooses to become Orthodox in Judaism mm. and she lives in Chicago and she loves her life. But um, then one of her kids is abused at school and she's of course outraged and so is her husband, but he's always been Orthodox and he's like, well, I don't want to cast shadows on the community. Let's right. handle this subtly. And she's like, are you kidding me? Call in the cops, you know? And right around that time, her ex-boyfriend who dumped her, which then led her to become Orthodox in the first place, um, finds her on Facebook and is like, I made a huge mistake. And, uh, you know, I never should have broken up with you. And so she's like, oh, what do I do? And, you know, so... Um, lots of suspense, yeah. romance, um, and all big kinds of questions there. and like, like really, really big questions, questions yeah. about, about your identity, your worlds, you know, wh when to yeah. leave. Yeah. This is really a book for sure. And, and can you stay and how, and, you know, it's really about carving out an identity that you can live, that, that you love mm, to live. Right. And I think that's a really good topic for all of us because, so often we just sort of fall into our identities. We don't necessarily choose it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's a fun story. People tell me it's a quick read. Um, people have said it's liter literary, which made me happy, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so I was really excited about it. And I, I had my earlier books were all published by publishers and I chose to start a press to publish Women of Valor because I just didn't want to compromise either the story or you know, really any of it. And I also didn't want to wait years mm -hmm. for somebody else to decide to take it on. Um, and I'm a good marketer. So I felt like, you know, I want to do this myself. And I also, you know, it's a very Jewish book. Lots of non-Jewish readers have loved it, which made me really feel great. Um, it's important to me to write novels 
that have compelling Jewish characters. Right. My next book is not religious in the nature of the story, but Jewish identity is still in there. Okay. And um, I didn't want a publisher to be like, eh, it's too Jewish or, you know, like, you know what I mean? So, right. Right. Um, like, does it need to be part of the story? <laughs> yes. It's part right. of that like, person's uh, identity. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad yes, that yeah, I mean yeah. you you published it in a really contentious time, right? Unfortunately. Um yes. in like September it came out and it but you've had good reception to it and you haven't had any any bad No. It's good. Been, it was Yeah, it was 10 days before Hamas attacked Israel. Yeah. And I mean, who who knew like yeah. yeah. what this world would produce, you know, but um and all this anti-Semitism. And I find that it's even more important now. And so I give so many talks about what is a Jewish book and, you know, why should we write Jewish stories? And I think it's important to show positive Jewish stories, proud, strong Jewish people in my books. And now I feel like it's even more important. So, right. um, you know, I made a conscious decision not to show a horrible Orthodox community. We've mm -hmm. seen those books, you know, like um, something happens that's bad. Yeah, that happens in a lot of communities, but but it's a really, she loves being Orthodox and I wanted that to be part of it. And I, I'm just invigorated to be out there and talk about issues of identity, issues of being strong in your in your Jewish identity. And, and I don't think that that, if anything, it's um, energized what I'm doing. Yeah, I like it's I a now. I think that's that's really lovely and that's it's interesting how world events and your own passions can actually fire up your passions right and I think it's we talk about like being true to like your worldview I was listening to another author talking about how um they started writing in the 80s and 90s and I was almost like oh you're so lucky because writing their worldview was not in impeded by this social media and the constant barrage of news or like what's going on it was just like this is what i'm writing and so i really love talking to authors now it just seems to be happening right now i get you guys as guests of like it's so important to like you said even if your next book is not about being orthodox jewish that's I have so many friends that that's part of their life. You walk into their house and it's part of their identity, just like my husband's identity is, you know, Spanish Catholic. Like you will see parts of that through our house. And that's brings an essence to a book and a story that's really real, right? It's really human. Yes. That's so true. I, you know, my next book, which is done and it should be out in later 2024, um, you know, like I said, it's not Orthodox um, at all, but. There are issues of anti-Semitism. It takes mm. place partially in Scotland, partially in Michigan. And so there's some historical elements. It's contemporary, but there there are some historical figures that, um, you know, sort of like their descendants are current day, um, you know, lords and ladies and whatever. And anti-Semitism sort of ran through the aristocracy um, right. for a long time. And so I wrote this book, you know, early in 2023, <laughs> actually got the idea for it in 2022. and so it'll come out at a time when anti-Semitism is like at its height. Right. And I think a traditional publisher would not have touched it, but mm. I still think it's a great story. And of course I think it's relevant. So yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going forward with it. Yeah. There's no reason. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I it's think, important to understand yeah. that there are lots of people out there, just as we, you know, we talked in the past few years in the publishing industry of the gatekeepers and keeping marginalized voices out and not showing different aspects, especially of American culture and different racial groups or whatever other identity groups. Like, I think just like you said, it's more important than ever to have this, like this, that to realize and to remind people that everyone's really different and it's great and re we should really embrace it and learn. Right. And, and be intrigued yeah. by it yeah. and, and to understand history <laughs> and yeah. well, we might not know history you yeah. know yeah it often repeats itself so it's great to keep revisiting you know but but i i was recently on a webinar um with hadassah magazine and there were some famous jewish authors who were talking about you know what makes a book jewish and and the nature of writing about jewish topics and um they said which is really true you know it books are are opportunities to really sit with things that happen and process mm. because books take time one thing to write an op-ed or a quick little social post that's a knee-jerk reaction right. but in a few years we'll see books out about events from today because it takes us time to really sit right. with what happens process it make make meaning and understanding from it mm. um and so i think that that's one of the benefits of writing books because it takes you on a journey it, yeah. it makes you think and um, and we really take our time with it. And I, th I think yeah. that's great. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I think that the books can really change us, change the right. way we think about things. Right. Like you said, b because of the time that the author puts into it, it can, that really always resonates with the reader, right? Like the more time that the author has put into it, the more you like, you un feel that and understand that. And you might like go look it up in a history book and be like, oh my gosh, that's true. You know, like, and you can just, your whole idea of something can change because of one book, a fiction book. Like, that's pretty cool. Right. That's pretty amazing. Right, that's so true. So what was yeah. your your yeah, writing awesome. like? Like it's 2021 is the middle of the pandemic and you decided that you're going to endeavor on like fiction writing. Yay. <laughs> the world's going yeah. insane and yeah. you're like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> So about five years ago-ish, um, that's when I was having this sort of existential conversation about like, am I really a writer? Because I do it on the side and I focus most of my hours on income earning things. And so yes. even though you're right, I have a body of work, It they were really like just labors of love, you know, that whole mm -hmm. martyr perspective. And um, and I said, you know, I, I love writing and I yeah. why am I not focusing on it? Why have I let all these decades go by? So I, I really started shifting my schedule. I, I first started by writing at like 5 a.m. for an hour, just creative writing, and then I would start my work day, and then it became two hours. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to get up at 5 a.m. So yeah. <laughs> could I move things around, you know, like so that writing can be my mornings and then other ways of earning income in the afternoon. So it took some time and some planning, and I started with creative nonfiction essays, okay. and I, I built up a, a strategy of, writing every single day, five days a week for three or four hours in the morning, and then doing my work in the afternoon. And um, I then I said, you know, okay, this is great. And I'm having all this success writing essays and getting them published. But I've always wanted to write a novel. Mm. And so even though I have other books out, 
I, I just think I can do it. And that's when I started sitting down and thinking about how, how to work on a book. Um, this book obviously was a little rough because it started with old pages and, um, and I was just sort of cutting my teeth on it. And so then I, you know, hired a developmental editor and then I revised and revised and revised and sent it back to her. And, um, and I had some readers and it, you know, it took me, I mean, it didn't take me that long, to be honest. It took me longer just to sort of do the revising. And then, right. um, I was really pleased with it. So I, I thought for a hot minute about shopping it around, but ultimately I really wanted to do it my way. And then, you know, somebody told me that the best way to build an author career is to write book after book after book. And while you're marketing one book to be working on the next one right. so that you don't have all your eggs in one basket, all your hopes pinned to this one book. So, so when I was in the process of like the cover design and the marketing strategy and all the things for Women of Valor and planning the launch and, you know, whatever, I started writing the next book. And so now that that's done, like, you know, this, you know, 2024, I'm working on book three. And right. so, um, as I work on getting book two out, so. But this um, is not a series or is it nope. a series? No, okay. no, no. They're all no. standalone. They're all standalone. Um, I thought about Woman of Valor being the first in a series of three. So I do have ideas for the other two books, but I just, I just wanted to write something else. Yeah. So we'll see if something else comes out. From you this. sound like me. I'm like, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> But I have other priorities. Yeah. You must be pretty high on the individualist of the Clifton strengths. We're always like, mm, but I'm going to do it my way. A hundred percent. Yeah. So what was it like then to go that, that setting up your own press? I mean, what I would consider the, the indie route, right? Like setting up your own business around the book. Um, and you have a marketing history so you know what you're doing which is one step above many many of us authors who are like oh my gosh i have to market my book oh my gosh yep. yes. <laughs> so what what was that like in in just setting that up was that pretty much once the decision was made you just went forward in it yeah i kind of just moved fast and so um once i decided that i i decided to create an imprint you know with the logo branding all that stuff um and yeah, I, I do have, it's called Scotia Road Books, and I do have it open as a hybrid press for um, women with, women over 40 with strong voices. And so if there are women authors who want to go that route, we'll do it. But it's mm -hmm. not like I want to make this my next business. I I just wanted a more professional presentation right. for, for my books and then whoever else wants to go that route. And um yeah, I just, it was fairly easy to do, you know, and I, um, I'm really proud of it. And I, I love the way the book looks. It's just, it's gorgeous. And I, I'm, I did everything through Ingram Spark, except for Amazon. Amazon is on Amazon. Everything yeah. else is Spark. <laughs> and um, the quality is amazing. So, yeah, it's gotten, you know, it's, it's gotten fun. great. Yeah. I don't think you can tell the difference, honestly. The only thing I would say, like, is like the back of the book like some indie authors should really study back book the back of the book <laughs> how do you say that the back like the professional you know like you can sometimes tell you know if it doesn't have right. all the little yeah. things on there yep yep but that's easy that's easy to fix right you just sort oh, of go yeah. like oh okay i'm gonna put my imprint and yeah yeah exactly so the then you you do you incorporate like when you're you sound very busy. Okay. We haven't even gotten to your podcast yet. So you're like writing, 
you're coaching writers in their writing, then your marketing wise, is that working directly with the writers or is that like a whole different? So thing? when I made this shift five-ish years ago, I decided to shift everything so that all I'm doing is focusing on like in the writing world. So like oh, my okay. marketing company, I've had different niches over the years of, of clients that I've worked with. And when I made this shift, I decided I would only take on clients who are authors or people in publishing. And so change that around. And then and I've always taught writing because I um, have a, an MFA. And so it, it has allowed me to teach at the college level. And right. so I teach a lot of writing classes. Um, but I kept two clients from my old roster of clients when I shrank the business just for bread and butter income. And um, they both have a lot of writing to them. So in fact, one of the one of those clients, it, it is um, a writing focused endeavor. That's cool. But yeah, and so um, so I do that, but I I really don't take on a lot of marketing clients. I will work with authors to help them learn to market. I don't want to do the marketing best. for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I think it's important to empower writers to be able mm -hmm. to do it themselves. So I'll do that, and I offer like a mastermind so they can learn the marketing skills. But um. I also shifted the podcast. So okay. it started in 2018 and it was really just about how people find meaning and purpose and work and in life. And when I made this shift, I, I, I made it to exclusively focus on authors and people in publishing. That's so, wonderful. Uh, it's great. Yeah. I get a lot of free books and I get to hear all the writer <laughs> journeys. So that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. That's called the, the Make Meaning Podcast. So you've had that since 2018. Yes. Oh, yep. you've been doing it longer than me. I've, I'm finding all these new podcasts now too. So you, you interview exclusively authors and people in the publishing field. Yep. Uh -huh. So you are just steeped in the writing world. Like me, sometimes yeah. you're like, is there a world outside of this? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's not for me. I love being in the writing world. So it's perfect and everything aligns. And I feel like that's really important when you want to make a change, you just have to get serious about it and surround yourself with everything that's going to help you succeed with it. Yeah. So, you know, I already have this platform. Why not focus it on giving exposure to authors? You know? yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you, you have an MFA. I've, I've in, interviewed a couple of people, a couple of different people who have gotten their MFAs and they've all reacted a little bit differently and sort of branched out and done very different diverse businesses and writing endeavors because of it uh what was your experience in getting the mfa because you you didn't leave with your book i assume or did you uh, well so i did my mfa in the 90s okay so, um and i i was a journalist at the time so the first 15 years of my career i was a journalist I was so you knew York. how to write you knew yeah. <laughs> you're like yeah i can do this it's easy i can do <laughs> so i lived in new york and i lived in washington oh, dc and that was when i did my mfa and um, so I was, I was at a, working at a newspaper, plus I was doing this at night. And um, I really did it because I always wanted a graduate degree, but I wanted to be able to teach at the university level. Okay. And an MFA allows you to do that. And so um, I did my MFA in poetry, even though I was oh, working as a journalist. And my master's thesis was a manuscript of poems. Right. And it was accepted by a publisher before graduation. So I arrived at graduation with a box of books, which was really Oh, cool. wow. That's very cool. Yeah, that was super cool. So um, the MFA just allowed me to be able to teach at the, at the college level. And when I went freelance in journalism in the very late 90s, I um, could supplement my income as a freelancer with teaching university writing classes. 
And do you teach so, poetry exclusively or do you teach different things? I've taught everything. I've taught literature. I've taught fiction and poetry. I've taught journalism. I've taught freshman composition and yeah. um, argumentative writing. I, I've taught them all. So um, yeah, it's great. And I actually love teaching writing. I love teaching adults writing. And so um, a lot of my classes now, either I offer through my website or I, I teach through writingworkshops.com. Okay. And, so, and I've taught at University of Detroit Mercy for a very long time, but just on and off because um, it's not always worth the time if it's like three days a week or something, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. kind of depends on what it is. So poetry, is that something that you developed a passion for as an adult or did you, did you write it as a kid as well? Well, I think I probably wrote very bad poetry as a kid. But, well, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're children. You can't, you can't judge us. <laughs> this is our red, violets are blue. So um, I went to University of Michigan undergrad and I, t I remember taking poetry classes and thinking, I must be really stupid because I don't get what this professor is saying this poem is about. Like I just, okay. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like I really didn't understand poetry. So it's funny that I went to grad school for it because then I moved from college to New York City and was part of a writer's workshop in Greenwich Village um, every week. And I was the youngest person there and there were people writing poems and I was like, oh, I get this. Oh, now I understand. Like it was just, okay. maybe it was a bad professor or maybe, I don't know. Brain but, development. Um, <laughs> you know, like, seriously. So I really got excited about contemporary poetry yeah. and started writing it in that workshop. So when I applied to grad school, I was like, well, I've already, I already have a degree in journalism. So why don't I, do the poetry and really immerse in it. And it was amazing. It was just yeah. so much fun. But I do think that it's more contemporary poetry that I love, like older poetry, I don't love as much. And so I like just seeing all the different forms and, and styles and attempts at creating new forms. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's why I did poetry. But I think that I know that my poetry and my nonfiction really complement each other. Okay. So I've been told that a lot of my poems feel very like there's lots of details that I must have researched or reported and my nonfiction is very lyrical and creative and stuff. And so I think that's kind of cool. I love yeah, merging it all. That is very cool. I, I just spoke to a woman a few weeks ago. She's like romance thriller and then decided to publish poetry and, and it really had a lot to do with just like her, the moment of life that she was in. And, and I have been thinking about this and how much, we can allow ourselves to to have that compliment and to a lot of times see what other parts of writing like if you're lyrical and you're nonfiction, perhaps try poetry if i don't yeah. think we're encouraged to do poetry enough in this day and no, age you no. know and so many people in my writing classes will be like because i accept all genres and so they'll be like oh i don't really i don't get poetry so i hope my feedback is helpful and i'm like no i don't think we're allowed to say that like we all have to trust ourselves that we can glean some meaning from a poem and it doesn't have to be like the right way or something. It's just, you know, I think people are afraid of it, to be honest, you yeah, know, I think so too. Yeah. it seems so literary and so yeah. like high above us. <laughs> We're just like, yeah. but it's funny because you can listen to a song and you can understand the, the story behind a song lyrics sure. and you think, yeah. well, isn't that just poetry? Yeah. Maybe? It's you know? yeah. Like totally. whether you think it's good or bad <laughs> it's really up to you all subjective you know if you, like, you might not and vice versa exactly sure. exactly exactly so do you on your 
when you're doing the online writing classes, do you do poetry as well? Or is it just, it's all different kinds of genres that you're teaching? So at my signature course, I have two signature courses that people love. One is called Finding Your Voice, and that's any genre. And it's really about finding your voice. So it does not matter mm -hmm. what you're writing. Um, the other one is Demystifying Show, Don't Tell. So that advice that Ooh. you always get. Like people are like, okay, but how? And so I'm like, let me teach a course on it. So yeah. um, I think those are probably the best courses. And then I do teach one specific poetry course. It's um, uh, perfecting line breaks in poetry because it bothers me when people just have random line breaks. And I'm like, let me teach you how to do it. So um, that's the only one that's for poets only. Um, okay. And I, it's just fun because I like I like people to understand like, why do we break the lines? What, what, yeah. what's the structure about, you know? And so like, there are some rules, right? Or some, yeah. I to, feel like you have to know the rules. So to break the rules. <laughs> yes. So finding your voice, like in the beginning of the, of our conversation, that was a, um, you hit on that as well. So what, what is it about like finding your voice? I think that is a term that we use a lot in writing right? Because we're writing through and we call it voice. Uh -huh. um, but what, what does that mean really to you, especially if you like specifically work with, you know, women over 40 with strong voice, like what, what does this embody to you? Well, I'll just tell you, I do have students who are younger and I do have male students too, but the press is only for women. And over the press 40. is only, okay. Yes, yes. Sorry. So that's okay. Um, so, so finding your voice, has a lot to do with figuring out who you are and who you want to be. So okay. identity, like we talked about earlier, really mm -hmm. factors into that and being conscious of it. So a lot of times we just sort of follow the path we were set on by parents or teachers or a degree we got or something. And we never really think about, is this who I want to be? You know, like, why do I believe what I do? Why do I vote the way I do? Why do I live here? Like all these questions. I think it, it, it's really worthwhile to visit them at some point mm. and decide if it all works for you. And so finding your writing voice is much like that. Okay. And a lot of what we do in the course, and there's a, there are two parts to the course, um, are look at where our notions of self originated from and to pick apart whether it's our notion or one that was given to us mm. and really start to look back at like our origin stories and all of the influences that have led us to be who we are today and then make a conscious decision about what from that we want to keep and what we want to discard because it isn't us it's somebody else yeah. and consciously create this identity through which your voice is going to come and so yeah. um, a lot of people say the class is a little like therapy i'm not a therapist but <laughs> a lot of the questions make you like have these aha moments like oh my right. gosh i never realized that you know yeah. so um it's a lot of fun it's yeah, I, I've been thinking about this a lot because I I've been trying to figure out for the last few weeks, months, maybe <laughs> it all blurs <laughs> uh, like what what makes a certain book like resonate with you and stick with you versus and everyone has a different idea. But I wonder what you think of this. I'm starting to think it might be because the author knows who they are and yeah. what part of their worldview they're willing to not compromise on in that book. And just like you were talking about with like, no, I'm not going to compromise my Jewish heritage and that I want a, I want the reader to know that this is a Jewish character, even if they're not Orthodox Jewish or whatever. And like, that is a strong pillar of the book. I wonder if that's what causes 
those stories to stick with us and be timeless, right? Like, I love that. I think you hit the nail on the head and that's, you know, a brilliant way to look at it. And I think um, a writer who has, I mean, you're basically saying self-knowledge, identity, confidence, the writer has all of that and says, I'm not going to compromise it. And I, right. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. And I think it's, it's then re- makes it really important to have these groups of writers who like, even if they don't agree all the time with each other, which whoever does, but whatever, yeah. <laughs> if, if we're willing to encourage each other to find the voice yeah. and be uncompromisingly who they are and how they see the world. And what's so, interesting is like, you can always mature, right? Like, wouldn't it be lovely to have like your legacy of books and be like, look how much I've matured. Life. <laughs> I love that. Yes, for sure. I mean, I do think like that when I was building my author brand at, before Women of Valor came out, I was like, okay, I, you know, I, I branded so many clients. I've done, helped them with their marketing. And I'm like, well, what is my author brand? Mm. I was really pleased to see that even through my poetry and my nonfiction, there is a theme of Jewish identity. So I was like, oh, cool. Even though I'm straddling genres, I'm consistent in the topics, in the sensibility and who I am. So that makes it a lot easier to create an author brand. So I don't have to discount, you know, older books. I can say it's all part of the journey. And um, I think that that's, that's really important to just know who you are so that that's what you bring to the page. That's really interesting. I, I like that because I think that must come from like your, your years of working with people. But that's interesting because as people want to branch out, if they look at what is really like, I guess their strongest worldview or their strongest value, right? And that's what you saw. So like if an author is listening and trying to think like, how would they branch out? Maybe instead of looking at the individual books, like seeing who they are and what has what theme has crossed over all the time. Yeah, so when I was in grad school, I was reading um, uh, Jewish feminist writers. I read a lot of Native American writers because I wanted to, to read writers who were strong in their identity mm-hmm. and, and that, see how that played out on the page. I read a lot of writers from Michigan because that's where I'm from. And I just wanted to see how those identities showed up in the writing. And it was so helpful to guide me in creating my sense of self because I mean, yes, I'm from Michigan, I'm Jewish, I, I'm feminist, I'm all these things, but um, I've gone tons of places. I've had a lot of different experiences. And um, so as I've evolved, what has stayed the same? What has been grounded? What's it? Yeah. And yeah. That's cool to see that there's something there. That is really cool. Because I, as you talk, it makes me realize like we have these titles, right? But they can mean really different things for each person because of the way that they combine together right? For sure. Yes. Like I'm from Wisconsin, you're from Michigan. There are some very big differences between those two. Yes, yes, <laughs> Even though are. we're from the North, you know, like, yes. A, yep. the time zone is just completely messed up. <laughs> I know everybody thinks Michigan is central. We are not, but yes. Yeah. And that little hat you have on top of Wisconsin, like, why is that? No, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I've never heard it called a hat. That's really cute. And that little, you know, and then there's the Minnesotans and we don't know what to do with them. So. <laughs> son who's in college in Minnesota and he wants to stay in the Twin Cities. So yeah, we were at a um, choir concert that he was in recently and there were a lot of Nordic sweaters. <laughs> I was just like, oh, it's a whole different culture. You don't see those in Michigan. Completely different. Like yeah. if yeah. anyone's too young to have watched Fargo, like 
that area Michigan, yeah. like minnesota and north dakota like people walk around in ski mats because it's that cold <laughs> like, <it's> so, <laughs> so like even that our identities are really different like our experiences have shaped us into very different people right just like and i'm sure my friend who's jewish from milwaukee and you would probably have different experiences growing up and maybe similarities as well but yeah. that's what's so much fun it is it's really cool yeah. So I, I just love how you're encouraging writers to to ask themselves those questions, because I think especially as we hit a certain age in life, <laughs> we start revisiting all of those, you know, what whoever we were in our 20s and 30s is probably not who we are in our 40s and 50s and like always having to revisit that. And it used to be like the job of the writer. Right. And we kind of I feel like we kind of got away from that. Yeah. And. I love that you are challenging the writers that you work with to come back, like, yeah. like find your voice. Maybe it's different. Maybe it's the same, but why? And, and dig a little bit deeper and get those deep stories then that like stick to us. It's often um, who you were long, long ago and you abandoned that person, that little mm -hmm. kid, because you thought, well, I can't be a writer. So, you know, you sort of buried it and it's about excavating and yeah. I'm not the the career or the spouse or the whatever. I'm who was that person who wrote because it was fun and because yeah. you were just compelled to and um, and being that person again. And it's yeah. really great. It really yes. is. And the greatest thing about writing is it's okay if you, it doesn't matter what age you are, if you left it behind years ago, like you can always come back to it, right? <laughs> you can always. Oh. You always have those stories in your head. And they're... You can do it at any time. I love yes, it. it's wonderful. So your first novel was Woman of Valor, and it came out in September of 2023. Do you have a title for this next one coming up? I do. It is Cave of Secrets. Ooh. Yes, and it will be out um, in the last quarter of 2024. Okay. So where can people find you and and find your books and possibly work with you and find your podcast? I love all of those questions. So um, lynngaladner.com is my website. Um, my books are available anywhere you buy books. So the nonfiction, the poetry, but also Women of Valor, anywhere you want to go to buy it. Um, I'm speaking all over the place. And so if I come to your city, I'd love to meet you. And um, yeah, the podcast, Make Meaning Podcast is on all podcast platforms. There's also a makemeaning.org website. And that's where you would submit a request form to be a guest mm -hmm. on the podcast. Uh, that is, everybody has to go through that. You fill out the form, you submit your photo bio, et cetera. And um, just so you know, we are booking now for the end of 2024. Um, I'm going to take a little hiatus from um, August until beginning of November and then we'll have new episodes, but we have lots of authors in the queue. Very so cool. Very in. cool. Yeah. Wonderful. So we will have those links in the show notes below. I encourage you guys to go um, find Woman of Val Valor. I don't know why. <laughs> Woman of Valor. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and Lynn Galadner and and check out and see if she is speaking near you and and go out. It's, you know, forget forget that we got hold up for years go out and meet new people and meet some authors and you'll have a great time thank you so much lynn for coming on pencils and lipstick thanks for having me kat it's been a lot of fun <laughs>